Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on the 9th of February, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank with the Thursday podcast and the latest Indiana Farm News, including Eric Pfeiffer on politics and bacon mixing yesterday at the Indiana State House, and C.J. Miller on something special from Indiana Agriculture at the Indy Airport. Hat Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says, make sure the umbrella is handy for today. Wednesday ag markets yesterday higher after the USDA February data. We'll have settlements and Tom Fritz analysis from Chicago on the Hat Thursday morning podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. (laughs) Listen now on all platforms. Mixing politics and bacon at the Indiana State House and a new restaurant and shop at the Indianapolis Airport exclusively featuring Indiana-grown products. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Indiana corn and soybean farmers had the opportunity Wednesday to meet with lawmakers at the State House. Eric Pfeiffer reports how bacon brought everyone together. A lot of people think because you represent a non-rural area like Indianapolis that we don't have an interest in what's going on out there with our farmers, and that's just far from the truth. And that's Indiana Senate Minority Leader Greg Taylor, who represents Senate District 33 in Marion County. He enjoyed bacon, duck sausage patties, and corn fritters Wednesday morning at the Indiana Corn Growers Association and Indiana Soybean Alliance Bacon Bar and Brunch event. Taylor heard from farmers on a number of issues, including Senate Bill 451 that we recently told you about that would infringe on property owners' land rights by allowing Wabash Valley resources to use your subsurface pore space to store CO2. Taylor says people need to understand that a landowner's property goes from above ground to the core of the earth. Well, everybody should be protected. It's not just about farmers. It's about every property owner. What we have to do, it's a balancing act from a public policy standpoint. We have to be able to make sure that we're protecting the rights of our citizens, but at the same time, we don't stymie any economic development opportunities so we have to create jobs and opportunities for people. Senate Bill 451 was heard in committee earlier this week. It was not voted on. Instead, the committee urged both sides to try and reach common ground. We'll update you more on that next week. State Representative Corey Criswell represents Henry and Rush counties, which he describes as very ag-heavy. He appreciated the opportunity to meet with farmers. I'm listen, but I'll make my own decisions. But obviously, if you have the all the farmers reaching out saying this is a good thing or this is a bad thing, then 
you, you, you probably need to lean on the experts when it comes to that. They're in it day to day. Unfortunately, I have very close friends that's in it. So they do the job day to day. They have the best hands-on experience. Indiana's corn and soybean policy teams are keeping a close eye on a number of bills this session, including one that would provide retailers a tax incentive for selling higher blends of ethanol. We'll have more on that bill and others in the coming days. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Well, the next time you fly in or out of the airport in Indianapolis, you might want to check out the newest restaurant and shop featuring Hoosier homegrown food and products. It gives those people that connection to the farm. And that's Indiana Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch talking about the new Farmer's Market restaurant and retail shop in Concourse B at the Indianapolis International Airport. The new restaurant and shop serves up foods and products grown, produced, and packaged by more than 60 Indiana-grown members from across the state. We're excited about being that front door for Indiana. People spend time in the airport waiting between flights or waiting for their loved ones to get off of a flight, and now they get to go and sample and support our agriculture products. The new farmer's market at the Indy Airport will showcase the Indiana State Department of Agriculture's Indiana Grown Initiative, which promotes more than 1,800 Hoosier farms, growers, and producers. It's an opportunity for our entrepreneurs to be able to have markets for their products, but it gives consumers assurance and confidence because it's from Indiana. So they have an opportunity to support small business, agriculture business in Indiana, uh, and we think it's a win-win. If you're the owner of a small ag business or farm that grows, raises, processes, and packages products here in Indiana, Crouch is encouraging you to become an Indiana-grown member. It doesn't cost you a dime to be a member, and what we do through the Department of Agriculture is we promote and market, give you Indiana-grown labels for your products, give you signage, be able to promote you online so that you can grow your business. Read more about Indiana Grown and the new farmer's market at the Indianapolis International Airport at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day -day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. Keep your umbrella handy today. You're going to need it. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Let's take a look at your forecast update. Significant storm complex already here and moving across the state today. Right now looking at a quarter to one inch of rain easily in 100% of the state. I will say that top end of total could bump a little bit depending on where some stronger thunderstorms pop up. But right now, those appear to want to be coming together over Illinois. Rain is going to be winding down late this afternoon as a dry slot works in here. And we're seeing windy and chilly conditions on through the overnight and into tomorrow. At this point tomorrow, I won't rule out a wet flurry or two, but I don't think it's a big event. Next round of moisture seems to be diminishing quite a bit. Saturday starts the weekend off chilly, but we see temperatures moderate on Sunday 
on the backside of high pressure. Next week, Monday, Tuesday, at this point, looking pretty good with mixed clouds and sunshine and temperatures that are normal to a bit above normal. And then our next weather system shows up for Wednesday of next week. Scattered rain showers bringing anywhere from a tenth to half an inch. Coverage will be about 100% of the state again. We have a second system that shows up about 36 hours later, overnight Thursday night through Friday. Significant winds, strong low pressure, rain changing to snow. There could be some good accumulation of snow on the backside, depending on the track of this low. But I need to stress, we're not putting anything solid down just yet because this track of low pressure could change dramatically. Just know that the second system next week, the one Thursday night, Friday, may be more formidable than what we're seeing at midweek on Wednesday. I think the second system is robbing some of the energy and moisture from that first system. Interesting play either way. And behind that system to finish next week, we turn much, much colder. Below normal temperatures settling in for the weekend of the 17th and 18th. And we're likely chilly on into that week of President's Day as well. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Higher corn, soybeans, and wheat. This is Who's Your Ag Today. It's the Wednesday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank, and the review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show, and they'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance, it's in their genetics. We did have higher markets, those settlements coming up, but first, market analysis from Tom Fritz, EFG Group in Chicago. Tom, USDA supply and demand update day, and we had some movement in the markets and some movement in estimates, Argentine corn and soybean production estimates lowered and more than expected, U.S. corn and bean ending stocks raised, but the markets did move. And then they moved again to close higher after falling below even. So what were some of the numbers of interest and dynamics at play in the markets? Well, commodity by commodity. In corn, the uh, U.S. carryout came in pretty much as expected. They were looking for a 24 million bushel increase. We got a 25 million bushel increase. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, cut to ethanol. On the world, uh, world uh, estimates come in. Uh, they were looking for a, a decline of 1.7 million tons. We get a decline of 1.2 uh, million tons. So on the surface, it's kind of a nothing report. But as you mentioned, trades are already looking ahead to what's going on in Argentina. They lowered the Argentine corn uh, estimate by uh, 5 million tons. And I don't think you'll find anybody out there that says more is coming. With that said, I think that's why old crop corn stays relatively firm. So much for these reports, you know. But, uh, you know, there's always bigger issues at work. And uh, the biggest issue right now for the corn market is the idea of further cuts to the Argentine crop estimate. Now, will that get us more business? Who knows? Um, you know, in the uh, in the uh, export market, uh, the USDA left U.S. corn exports unchanged. They raised uh, Brazilian exports by two million tons. Brazil now is slated to export more corn than the U.S. So, you know, if you look between the lines, it says whatever shortfall Argentina has that would lead to shorter exports from Argentina, that Brazil may pick up the slack, but. Bottom line, it does leave the door open for, uh, you know, some uh, the potential for better exports. And, you know, the bottom line is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the corn balance table in this country is still tight. Um, 
stocks to usage ratio sits at uh, 9.12%. That's a little bit better than uh, last month, but historically, we still have a tight market here. And, uh, you know, so I think, uh, you know, old crop corn is going to stay relatively firm until we have a better handle on what's coming out of Argentina. Wheat market, <laughs> you know, you look at uh, the wheat, uh, the trade was looking for uh, an increase in the U.S. carryout by uh, 9 million bushels. We get a carryout increase of just 1 million bushels. It's not a big deal either way. Uh, world carryout, they were expecting an uh, increase of uh, 170,000 tons. We get an increase of 950,000 tons. It's not a big deal. So why is the wheat market so strong? Well, I think, number one, uh, the uh, challenge of increased wheat feeding because corn uh, is expensive. And number two, uh, you know, I think the trade's looking at uh, current crop conditions here in the U.S. for hard red winter wheat. Uh, conditions are dire. Now, that can change. It's only uh, February 8th. But uh, not only in this country, but overseas as well, meaning uh, Europe and the Black Sea area, they've had a warmer than normal winter. And so it makes the crop, uh, the winter crop, vulnerable to a late season cold blast. So I think that's at work here, as well as we draw closer to the Ukraine Russian. Uh, invasion, uh, the anniversary, February 24th. Uh, the smart guys in Washington, D.C. say Russia is planning an escalation. So I think uh, we're putting some premium into the wheat market based on that. So that's why the wheat market ignores uh, the numbers the USDA gave us because uh, their numbers really don't support a rally of the magnitude we saw today. Soybeans, uh, once again, um, you look at the carryout in beans, they were looking for a million bushel increase in carryout. We get a 15 million bushel increase, and that's due to a cut in the crush. You look at uh, the world number uh, projected carryout, trade was looking for a decline of, uh, what's that, 1.49 thousand tons, or excuse me, 1.49 million tons, and that's exactly what the trade got. So, you know, okay, you were expecting this. You got exactly what you were expecting. So what's the response? Not much. Uh, you look at the product markets, not much happened over there. Uh, old crop soybeans, a little bit firm. And I think that's all about Argentina. USDA lowered the Argentine soybean crop by 4.5 million tons. And everybody and their neighbor is expecting more. Uh, who was it? Uh, the Rosario uh, Grain Exchange came out this morning suggesting uh, the soybean crop in Brazil is 34.5 million tons. So if true, uh, that opens the door for some, uh, you know, hopefully better bean business. And, you know, further reductions in Argentina of that size would suggest the Brazilian crop is not quite big enough to offset. So. Um, you know, Brazilian numbers, exactly what the trade was looking for. They were unchanged. So going forward, uh, you know, the slight firming action in the soybean market, it's all about uh, the potential for further reductions in Argentina. Uh, you know, I think uh, the product markets, they're on uh, pretty decent ground right now, uh, especially with uh, the USDA cutting our crush by 15 million bushels. And if Argentina does indeed have that shortfall, uh, 
in, it opens the door for better uh, export business for uh, U.S. soybean meal. We don't export any bean oil. Uh, so, but it does open the door for a better meal export market. So, you know, if the meal market's going to stand in, soybeans are going to stand in. Uh, but right now, I think that's our best case scenario until we know more about what's happening in Argentina. Uh, our bean complex old crop will continue to stand in. That's Tom Fritz, EFG Group in Chicago. Now the final numbers from Wednesday trade, four and a half cents up on March corn, six seventy-eight and a half. May goes to six seventy-six and a quarter, up three and a quarter. Also, front month beans, March four and a half cents higher, fifteen nineteen and three quarters. May fifteen thirteen and three quarters, up three and a half cents. And March wheat, seven sixty-four and three quarters, a gain of fifteen cents. The meat markets mostly higher. April live cattle just a dime up, 163.70. April lean hogs, 84.07, 80 cents higher. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network.